Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for everyone. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 51-year-old from Stratford, Ontario, Canada. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada and the USA. He is a legend of his hometown of Stratford, where in two seasons put up a casual 221 points in just 97 games played earning his ride to the best school in all the world, Western Michigan University, which, fun fact, started the pipeline to the Broncos from small-town Ontario. But he didn't just attend classes, he ran amok of the CCHA, putting up an average of 46 points a year. He is a CCHA Rookie of the Year, and obviously part of the all-rookie team. After school in the big boy era, ran amok everywhere he played for three seasons, and in 96-97, in his rookie season with the Amarillo Rattlers, had the most points in the league with only 110. The most apples, the most power play goals, the most shorthanded goals, all in the league, folks. And was obviously named league MVP. And in his last season of pro, and only his third, he threw in 48 goals for fun to lead the league again. He then hung him up. Other than a brief stint while coaching yours truly with the Kalamazoo Wings. But he hung up the wheels to recruit and groom countless shed guys. And yours truly, coaching the Broncos for nine seasons. Dabbled in pro for three years, but he is best known as a legend of the NCAA. Putting in those nine years with my Broncos, but 22 years altogether in the collegiate circuit. Becoming a national champion in 2015-16 and a WCHA champion in 1718, and he now enters his second year molding the young minds at Clarkson University. Welcome back to the shed, Chris Brooks. Thanks for having me, Wally. Hey, thanks for coming back, man. <laughs> Been a long time since I got written down here, episode 81. It's got to be a couple of years ago, eh? Yeah, a couple of years. Did it in the hotel room. I remember I was on the road. Yeah. In the you... hotel room over a couple of ales. Yeah, you were with Michigan Tech at the time, eh? Yep, yep. So you've done. So that's what's interesting. People told me I was going to run out of people to talk to, but everybody keeps bobbing and weaving around the hockey world, and seasons keep happening, and shit keeps happening, you know. So you're with Clarkson now, eh? Yep, yep. Yeah, I came here uh, just over a year ago. Um, yeah, I've known Casey Jones for a long time, and uh, the position came available that he had a he had an assistant get a job a head coaching job at Union and then another assistant get a head co- uh, get an assistant coaching job at Michigan State so um yeah yeah it's a great situation I get again you know it gives me an opportunity to just geographically to get back into sort of the roots where I've had success recruiting with Ontario and uh you know it's it's been good to be a little bit closer to family and 
you know, a lot of people are still in the business from, you know, 25 years ago in the, in the Southern Ontario uh, loop up to Toronto, a lot of same people are, are still in the business. And now, you know, I got, now I got players that, uh, that I recruited and coached who are now either coaching or who have kids coming through. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a good transition for us. Um, well, yeah, congrats. And it's gotta be fun working, I guess, for, or with your buddy. Right. Cause I remember when I was playing for you, he was with Ohio state and you always yeah. talked to him before and after games and I could tell you guys yeah. were bros. Yeah. You know, he, he's, you know, Casey's, he's, he's a dynamic recruiter. Um, I mean, so like when, when the, when the job came open and, and he talked to me about it, it, uh, you know, the, have everything here to be successful just did a 30 million dollar renovation on the rink and um you know they've been a contender in this league uh you know he's 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 moved uh you know brent brecky who i played with at uh at western michigan coached here he's a head coach at st lawrence and josh Houge worked here he's the head coach at union college so you know casey talked to me about coming in here and and you know hopefully have success and hopefully open some doors to be a head coach in upcoming seasons, um, you know, academically, we have everything for our guys too. you know, great business program, great engineering school. So as a recruiter, I mean, you have all the resources here that you need to be successful. I totally get that. Cause one thing I always say is Western Michigan, where we were together has everything you need to be a powerhouse school. Like when you took me there for my recruiting trip, I was so in love with that place, you know? Yeah. 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 That's uh you know, and it's even it's even changed now from from back in those days. You know, it just uh, the the whole the whole college scene. You know, people ask me all the time. You know, how's how's college changed? So you know, from when you were first in it to when I went to pro, and then you're taking you know, away all my questions, dude. I got that yeah. written down at the end. <laughs> yeah, people ask me all the time all the time how much it changed because I I was out of it for ultimately I was out of it for ten years out of the Division One game. And then, you know, and then you come back into it and, you know, it's just from, you know, now we have a staff, like we, we have a staff here of, you know, a head coach, three assistant coaches, a full-time strength coach, full-time equipment coach. We have a full-time athletic trainer. We have a full-time video person. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's hockey's it's, come a long way in a lot of places though, man. Like, from me going to Germany when and what it yeah. used to be like where there was yeah. there was no video review there was no yeah. we didn't do video of anything we just played yeah. hockey and nowadays yeah. you see it everywhere the game's changed and everybody's into video and analytics and you know yeah it's it's amazing like you know now we have the ability like I can walk into work on a on a Monday any day of the week I can walk into work and I can access anything I want from anywhere in the world like if I want to see Yep. the analytics of a player in Sweden and see his shifts of a game that he played on Sunday night, I can walk into the rink on Monday morning and I have access to that. But it's, it, it's that's incredible. crazy. Eh? Cause I remember, man, you were a road warrior back when, when you were our coach, you'd be there for a week and then all of a sudden you'd be gone recruiting somewhere yeah. and then you'd be back. And to think how busy you guys were doing the coaching and the recruiting, man, that's a full go. <laughs> It's still like it's still it's still a, a like it's still a rat race. Like it's still you still spend a lot of time on the road. But you know, what I mean, like for, for me, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna spend eighty thousand dollars on a kid on a scholarship, I'm gonna you know because you dot, still need dot to get your that. and cross your T's. And there's watching yeah. video, and then there's the in person watching, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, well, you know, you know, recruiting is so relationship based that you got to get out and you got to meet the kid, you got to meet the family, you got to meet the coaches, you got to meet the agent. I mean, like that's something we never, we never had back then. You know, I mean, you got to meet the the family advisor, you got to spend time with them. You know, and for like for for us when we're, you know, my my philosophy is is if we're going to spend that much money on a kid, I want to make sure that I'm a hundred hundred percent sure on on decision I'm making. So, you know, I'll watch. I'll watch as many games as I have to, to try and find holes and, and, you know, just make sure that we're getting the, not only the the right player, but also the right kid into our program. Well, I may know that you do dot your eyes across your cheese when it comes to recruiting. Cause another way we know each other is you haven't been sniffing around Ontario again. And we, you know, you know, I know people in Elmire and you send me the odd message and I say, yeah. And it only takes text message to someone I trust in the area and every time these kids coming up from the Elmira area have gotten rave reviews back, even though I don't know the kid, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like, uh, it's good to have contacts up in up in that area. You know, it's it's great because you can walk in, you know, like Clarkson's very visible up in, the, up in Ontario. So, you know, when you walk into a rink, people know who you are and, and you know, you, you can get a lot of the top, top end talent. You know, like we we've had success. Uh, we actually have a couple couple of players coming from uh, Vince Bellissimo's team there in Toronto. Um, two, two two very good players in 06 and in 07. Um, you know, and just to Isn't be able that a to small world you recruit. Yeah, from just Vinny. to be able to yeah to be able to call somebody that you trust and and have them tell you about you know not only players on his team but also players on other others teams. Yep. Um, you know, and like, you know, we, we have a top end prospect coming from St. Mike's. I mean, and and I can walk into St. Mike's and I have a relationship with their head coach who I've known for 20 years. And they remember me recruiting Vince Bellissimo and Daniel Bellissimo and Jeff Krasakis and Giuliano Zampero. And, you know, I mean, just to be able to walk in that rink, walk into that rink and have that relationship and to be able to talk to somebody that you trust allows you to, to, build build inroads when you walk into those rinks i totally agree um it's actually i found in my pro career i don't think i knew enough people i was from elmira i knew my western michigan broncos and um other than that like i didn't really know anybody i didn't know anybody else i didn't know any ohl people because i never played there i didn't really know anybody but broncos and uh you get into pro and you need people to help you need people to want to take the chance on you and you need to know people and i found it and i find it interesting now like you look behind me with all the posters it's like my hockey family is way bigger now and i have way more contacts and people that trust me than back when i played (laughs) yeah 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 it's it's uh like i spend majority of my time on my phone networking and and talking to people and turning over stones and yeah. Um, well, and it doesn't, I mean, the hockey people around, right? Like he's talking about Vinny and the other people you trust. It's like, it doesn't take long to figure out who's good. It's like yeah, when, yeah. I, when I'm seeing these 2012 years come up or the 2011s with my son, it's like, well, you can ask me and I know who's good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I don't care where they're from. I'd love to help everybody from small town Ontario, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, 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 the big thing is, is major juniors changed a little bit because the, these teams can sign these kids and, and not have to, you know I mean, like a, a couple of weeks ago, I was on my way up to see the young kid in, in Elmira play. And two days later, uh, uh, he signs with London. Yeah. You know I mean, and I was, uh, that was, I, I, I sent an email on a Monday, I was coming up on a Friday and he signed on a Wednesday. 
And a lot of these major junior teams can sign these kids and, and then send them back. Like the, the, the greater Ontario junior league now is, is full of kids that have, have signed in the OHL. Um, you know, so what we have to do is we have to get those kids a little bit earlier, um, you know, try and target those kids in the U18 level and, and, you know, get our teeth into them before that they do because they have so much prominence in that area for, for young kids. Well, definitely. And one thing I've noticed, which is not true for your team, but you look at like the Broncos now, it's all Americans. There's like no Canadians yeah. on their team. You guys have yeah. two thirds of your team are Canadian. There's not many know, college uh, teams like that anymore though, right? There's way no. more Americans playing. Yeah, they are. But, but one of the things that, one of the things that we talk about as recruiters here at Clarkson is, is that we have a unique opportunity here just because of our location that our players' families can be part of their college experience. Yeah. You know I mean, so for, for me to walk into a, a rink in Elmira um, or, you know, Kitchener, Toronto, they're, they're four and a half hours. So they can leave out at noon on a Friday, drive in, catch a Friday, Saturday game, be back Sunday, back to work on Monday. We can do the same thing with, we can do the same thing with, uh, Canadian kids, Western Canadian kids, they can get on a flight from Vancouver, get on a flight from Edmonton, get on a flight from Calgary, fly direct to either Montreal or Ottawa, and they're in an hour and a half drive into campus. So it's really, 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 really unique. So we try and pocket those. We try, try and make sure that we're doing a real good job in those three areas because, you know, at the end of the day, those are your honey it, holes. It, yeah, it, you, you know, can't stretch yourself too far, right? And no. I've I see it now, and I see how yeah. it all works. Was your yeah. honey hole was like junior B loops around here, and yeah, man, you found some gems back in the day. And um, you know, for me, it hurts my heart, especially raising my son around here, and like he can play. Um, is that there's not many scholarships out of that league, and like that's one thing I would love to change if I came up and started coaching in that league. Is I'd love to raise the puppies right that all of a sudden people are watching us. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I I was up in Elmira for the preseason showcase there, and like I targeted probably fifteen prospects that I followed up on, and that uh, like we're we're on our way back up next weekend. Our staffs on our way back up next weekend to see a, a couple kids play. Um, so so there's kids, there's kids in that league. Um, if you're good, you're good, right? It doesn't, yeah, you know, yeah. And, like, and the nice thing is when you know you come to the showcase, there's only four colleges there, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because because then, you know, you're not competing, you know, you go into other areas and you, you, you're competing with 40 other schools for kids. You know, you come yeah. up to that area and, you know, you got to got to be diligent. You got to do your work, um, you know, but but there's players there. A lot of those kids will play a year or two in that league and then and then out to BC or out to the USHL or um, maybe into Toronto. And that can be sometimes um, even after they've been recruited. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like we we, we, we have. You know, we, we have kids committed in, in, in playing tier two in Toronto that, you know, that'll probably play, uh, you know, we have a kid up there that'll probably play this year, which is his second year. And then he'll probably play a year in the USHL and um, then come to us. Um, and other kids, like we, we have a, other kids that play two or three years in Toronto, develop, and we bring them in. Uh, for, for us, it's about when they're you know, bringing them in when they're ready to be impact and not bring them too early. Well, that brings back the memories of you recruiting me was uh, you got your teeth into me before the other schools. 
um, I remember as Northeastern uh, wanted me to go as a true freshman and I wasn't feeling Boston and my recruiting mm -hmm. trip there. And then you guys brought me to Western. It wasn't for another year, which I was all for staying at home for another year with all my buddies and trying to win another Southern cup. But uh, like, I remember then that last year when like I broke the goals record for Elmira and like led the league and um, I was already taken. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh. I got some dance. Some of the best players I've ever uh, ever coached and ever recruited are from that area. Yeah, I mean, I Jeremy Soupy. Uh, oh yes, you know you, uh, Shahura. Shahura, yep. Uh, yeah. Jeff Campbell, Kuzno. Uh, yep. yep. You know some dynamic, dynamic college players. Well, and it's pretty neat how small the hockey world is and how it all works out. And I didn't even figure all this out till I came out here and started talking. But like. The reason I ever got to Germany was because you guys told Coos that I was living in the area and I'm coming to Western Michigan. And before I came as a freshman, well, I'm in between that Sugar King and Western Michigan. He invites me to a puck and ball tournament to get to know me before the season. And I play in a puck and ball, which is slow pitch and hockey tournament with Brandon Dietrich, Rob Collins, Coos, and some other dandies. And then Brandon Dietrich then brings me to Germany like five, six yeah. years later, right? And it's because yeah. Kuz brought me to that hockey tournament, and that's networking, right? Yeah, yeah. I made some mistakes up in that area too. Like some, some of those, like I should have taken Barrett Agates. I love Barrett Agates as a player yeah. too. Yeah, you should have. You know what I mean? <laughs> Concard um, a native too, folks. Uh, Van Atten, I, you know, that was another mistake. From all and and that's what's interesting, right? I know about this too, though, was – what the purple Eagles coaches would say to Lackner was that like, they didn't believe in me and they're saying you shouldn't be hanging out with that Walton so much. And then mm -hmm. Western Michigan was saying the same thing about Van Ionaten. And I was like, well, we're all friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, Van I like a hell of a goalie. Yeah, he was. I, I like the, I like Lackner too. Um, you know, I mean, but one of my good friends, he's been in, uh, he's been in Pittsburgh now, Jay Heimbuck. He was wor actually working uh, at St. Lawrence at the time. He he was the one that was prominent up in that area too, because he's from Mitchell. So it was always him and I in that area trying to, uh, he, he was a Northeastern alum, which, which probably made more sense when, when they first recruited you. And then, then he worked at St. Lawrence. He's been with Pittsburgh for 15, 20 years now, but he was really prominent up there in that area too. And we used to battle for kids. Well, yeah. Um, the funny thing is, is bef right away when I was first getting bites from schools was Clarkson was one of them. And yeah. uh, th then they took Chris Blight, a scoring right winger. And yeah. then I never really heard from them again. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Chris, Blight. he played in Guelph. Yeah. And then he also played <laughs> in Cardiff, Wales and the second league in Germany. I ran into him all over the place. Yeah. He was a good player. Oh Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really good player. Right shot, right shot forward. Little, little you know, a little butt, six one, little yeah. bigger. And what's funny is, him. so he got the scholarship to Clarkson when we were first. He went a year before me, but then it's funny because then when Cardiff had a coaching change and they were recruiting a new team, then they brought me in instead of him years later. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I like I like Chris played actually. He played there. Matt Molson was in, in Guelph right around that time frame too. Um. Yeah, he was. Matt Molson was in the scoring race with me in junior yeah. B. Yeah. 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 Sucker got mono. <laughs> Beat him. <laughs> he had a good uh, career. Ended up having a good career. A little bit better than mine, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, hey, he'll never be the leading scorer in junior B, right? Nope. <laughs> 
Another way we know each other, though, is the Canucks were just um, – or not the Canucks, that's my team, sorry. The Stratford under-13 team just came to visit you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were here uh, a couple weeks ago. We had uh, um, Chris Musselman, who I grew up with, his him and his brother and, and his cousin – reached out to me and uh, they came in for a, a series uh, last weekend and we coordinated them. We had a team come in from Quebec. They played a local uh, local Quebec team here and uh, practiced in our rink on Saturday and caught, caught a couple games and uh, had an opportunity to chat with the kids uh, Saturday after their second practice and, and pretty neat, uh, pretty neat experience for those kids. I remember, I remember going through that stuff like that when I grew up in Stratford, we you know, the Flanagan family always had connections at Bowling Green. So we spent a lot of time, you know, go, going down there on dad's trips and uh, different things. So it's kind of neat to share that with the kids. Wow. That, you inspired me when I saw it because it's obviously been bouncing around in my brain. But like we have our tournaments and our weekends scheduled for this year. Um, it's all booked and busy. Um, but when I saw that, I thought, well, if I'm the coach of the under 13 boys team next season, um, and I get to plan the schedules and the weekends. Well, I got to plan a weekend to go into Western Michigan where those kids get to see an NCAA game. They get to see the Lawson Lunatics because I remember my first NCAA game going to see it in St. Lawrence and Ferris to see Collins Dietrich. But then seeing Western Michigan Broncos and the Lunatics for the first time, it's life changing stuff. Yeah, the kids have a blast. I mean, there's so much that you can It'd do. It'd be a life stop. memory, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, and the, and the neat thing is all of these environments now are special. You know I mean, like it's, uh, it's uh, every building that we walk into, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the student support, community support, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to play in some really cool, cool, cool rinks. And, you know, the, the experiences that these kids get as, as college players now is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, schools make such a big commitment and uh, the student support and they do such a good job through social media you know, um, advertising things and, and prep. So it's a great experience to show the kids, especially, I mean, a lot of those young kids up in Ontario, it's, it's all OHL, OHL, OHL. So to be able to, to show to them what it can be like, right? Like it's what, when I saw what it can be like, and I saw the NCAA and OHL on a shirking trip was it, it gave me my purpose. It gave me what I wanted to do. I wanted to be just like those guys. And I wanted to go out and play in front of yeah. students. And I wanted to be a student. And I want to play for a school. And then when I got to Western Michigan, it was everything I hoped it would be. Sure. Yeah. Like uh, another, another neat thing is like we, we're getting some college hockey games up on uh, TSN. So like this past Saturday, we played at Yale and, and they had it on TSN plus. So they're just trying to expose a, a lot of the Canadian market to, U.S. College Hockey. It's part of the initiative through College Hockey Inc. So, and they should do that because I remember the first time I ever saw a college game on TV. It was the Wolverines, and they had the cool blue yeah. and yellow helmets. And I was like, "What is this?" And then there was a guy that yeah. was a Sure King, uh, Cam Stewart on the. Cam Stewart, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, and he was a Sure King, and he's there doing that." And I'm like, "I want to do yeah. that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, good player. He had a great career. He really did. Um, real world, calling one sec. But anyways, the whole story there, now that the real world's taken care of again for my lunch break, is um, I want to take back the kids to Western Michigan. I, I haven't really been back. Um, I went back on my way to my HL East Coast, or I was on my way to go there My after my first year pro. I skated with you guys 
a day or two. And then I turned around and flew to Germany instead. Um, but other than that brief day or two to skate with you guys, I haven't been back to Kalamazoo. And to think of how important that place was to me, my life, I married my wife from there. Now we got two kids and like my best friends in the world are Broncos. And uh, to think I've never had the time to go back, it's most definitely time. And I think it would be the coolest memory ever to share that with an under 13 team. Oh yeah. It'd be phenomenal. It's a, uh... You know, campus has changed so much too. Uh, I, I I went back. Uh, I went. I stopped in town, played golf with a couple friends. I keep in touch with. Uh, played uh, played a couple rounds of golf. Um, but the downtown areas, uh, like it's it, it's unbelievable downtown now. It's uh, it's all cleaned up. Oh, it's so nice. So, they so much still got money the piano down. bar. No, they still have a piano bar. That was a big hit in the off <laughs> yeah, season. They, they have a lot, like they have tons of stuff down there. Bell's Breweries downtown. They have a beautiful outdoor area. Um, great, uh, great uh, outdoor bar. Um, campus has changed so much. Like uh, so many new buildings. Um, I'm sure it's been a long time. I'm sure it's changed. Tore down, tore down the Burnhams. Ah, oh, the breeding yeah, grounds. Yeah. <laughs> Down the well, folks, that that Burnham's the 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 what's it called the dorms of the athletes. A lot of athletes have been <laughs> made in there. <laughs> Just a lot of sports breeding in that building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's changed a ton. Some beautiful buildings and uh, you know some new new uh, dorms, new uh, the new medical building. It's it's beautiful. Well, to think the Burnham's is torn down, man. There's a lot of memories made in that place. <laughs> yeah, they just did just this year. That's sad. It's really yeah. sad. Probably time, but it's that's sad. <laughs> I heard they're going to a different arena. I heard they're getting a new yeah. one or something. Yeah, I, I don't I, want I, that. Yeah, I, I've seen the I saw the blueprints back in the day when I uh, when I worked there. That's how long that's been going on. But it sounds like it's getting some traction. Um, I disagree you know with I mean? it. If it's off campus, and then the students aren't yeah. going to come if it's downtown. Yeah. 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 We'll see how it transpires. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think it would be a life memory. And I think hockey's all about making memories and, uh, yeah, I got to get back to Kalamazoo and I think it's the right time to do it. And I also think Great. if any of my Broncos are listening, I think we should all go to the golf tournament this summer. Like everybody, all of us just run amok of Kalamazoo, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, it'd be like 2003 all over again. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, fun fact though, Brooksy is tomorrow I'm going on a Western Michigan podcast live oh, on nice. YouTube. Yeah. It's called, uh, goal horns and it's the painted Broncos have me on his, his podcast. Wes. Okay. So, pretty excited. Yeah. Thought I'd be forgotten fun. about around there. <laughs> uh, no, never. Uh, but I tell you, man, I talked to Lats on here, our captain of my time there, and um, he said something that really hit home with me was when he joined pro and um, left his Bronco buddies, he like kind of went through like a, almost like a depression period. Like a, I missed my friends and my team so much that like I had a hard time dealing with it going to pro where guys aren't a family. They aren't brothers. It's kind of teammates, but professionals playing hockey. And 
I felt the exact same way, man. When I went yeah. to the AHL and all the, the guys were done the season having fun and I wasn't there with them and I wasn't with my guys and college was coming to an end and I was missing it all. I had a very hard time with it too. Yeah. It's, it's different. I, I, Lats and I actually talked about that before he left. Like, uh, you know, in, in pro hockey, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more everybody for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, sure is. Yeah. So it's, and I, I, I warned, I warned him about that before he left um, because I knew I mean, part of part of what made Dana special was not, not only was he a great player, but as you know, he was an unbelievable person and leader. And and Teammates. I just tried to explain to him, like guys not, at that level aren't like, like you. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's not like that. And and you're gonna have to, you know, what I mean, I, I tried to explain to him that he's gonna have to look out for himself a little bit more instead of looking out for other people, because I think that 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 was one of his biggest strengths in in college. Um, but, but I think in pro, if you can get those type of people in your organization and on yeah. your teams, it changes the culture. And that's yeah. what pro teams need is guys like him. Yeah. A lot, lot, lot of the, lot of the, the, the American hockey league teams that have those, you know, 10, 15 year pro guys. That's who, that's who they are. Yes. You know I mean, like I played with, I played with some of those guys when I played the American league that they've been there and they're culture guys. They, they, they ultimately run the show. Yeah. But it's very tough for like I explained to Dana when he did that when when he when he signed pro, I'm like as a first year guy like you're not going to be able to have that impact that you you're used to having. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to look out for yourself. You're gonna have to, I mean, you're gonna have to be be diligent with that. And um, it's a hard transition, you. man. Like it really it, it was for me. Yeah. Like when I got yeah. to Syracuse and the HL guys just. I mean, it wasn't really like a team. It was like yeah. guys would be in and out the door. You'd show up to practice. Some guys would be gone up. Some guys would be gone down. Or you'd have new guys coming from wherever. And you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Here's and they want your job. Oh, they do. Yeah. And some of them can get want... pissed off if you get any more ice time than them, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Contracts and non-contracts and NHL deals, American League deals. Like, it's it's just so much more complex. And everybody's trying to – everybody's trying to climb. I mean, like everybody's trying to get that edge. Whereas in college, it's, it's, it's just different. It's a special, it's special four years. It is. It's a special four years, but I guess that's the other thing we haven't brought up about what's changed though, is this whole transfer portal. That's a whole different thing. Cause when I think of it, my four years, when I commit to Western Michigan, like I'm committed for four years, I'm committed to my teammates, my brothers, to the coaches. And, um, I can't imagine going into a transfer portal and switching schools and switching teammates. I honestly couldn't imagine leaving Western Michigan. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, you know I mean it's 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 changed so much, and it, a lot of it's a lot of the transfer portal isn't hockey driven. Hockey's just been one of those sports that's actually been impacted by by the transfer portal. Um, I, I think there's good. I think there's good. I think there's some good parts about the transfer portal. And then I think, well, I think there is, definitely is for the guys. Yeah. And there were guys on teams I was on at Western Michigan that weren't getting opportunities that they wanted or the ice time. And yeah. maybe they thought yeah. they were better than they were, or they would get something elsewhere. And I guess now it gives them the opportunity to go spread their wings. Right. Instead of. Yeah. And grown. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does in that sense. Um, but, but at, at the same time, you know, there's a whole nother side to it where, where you know kids are transferring to to get more visibility and 
you know, a lot of the, a lot of times it's contract driven now where, I mean, like I, I talked to Derek Schooley, who I played with at, uh, at Western Michigan, he coaches at Robert Morris, you know, Atlantic school. And he, he has a kid that, that is all time leading scorer. He's got like 150 or 160 points or something. He's like, that, that'll never be broken. Because as soon as I have a kid come to Robert Morris now and he scores 40 points or 50 points, he's gone. He, he's, he's, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, and what, whether that's right or that's, that's wrong is that's reality. Is, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just the way that it is. I, I, I don't know if it's going to change. I think a, a big part of, of what, what has really impacted college hockey over the last few years is, is the COVID year that everybody got. Yeah. So you know, everybody, everybody that was impacted by that COVID. So we got one more year of that. Um, and then I think it's going to, I think it's going to level off a little bit, um, but it's, it's forced a lot of schools. It's forced a lot of schools to carry bigger rosters, yeah. um, you know, which, which has, which has impacted and, and led a little bit to a little bit to transport. I don't think it's going to be as active as what it's been over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, well, that but, that fifth year is wild yeah. to think of. I mean, yeah, four years like yeah. it. That's quite a while. Then to think of a fifth year. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, and, and the thing is that the, the backlog that on the other side of it, the backlog of players that, that were supposed to be coming the COVID in, year and, that yeah, yeah, that coming in and are going out on the other side. That's the other side of it. You know, kids going out and the NHL teams not signing kids those kids wanting to stay and to continue to develop and hopefully get another opportunity after another year of, of performing. So it's, 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 it's complex. And it's uh, like last year we carried 24 and now we're, we're up to 27. There, there's certain, there's some schools in the country that are carrying access of, of 32. Is there um, not a rule on how many guys you can have? No, but there's a certain no, there's, amount of scholarships you get. Yeah. Yeah. Every team only has 18 scholarships. But you know, there's a lot of really good players that haven't haven't been given the opportunity to play Division One college hockey just because of that fifth year rule. Um, you know, Division Three right now has drastically improved just because of the volume of players that are that are out there. Um, I could see it though, like that year screwed everything up, just like lockouts do, man. Like, yeah. um, it changes everything. It the filter trickle down effect of yeah. Europe the minor leagues yeah. it just screws everybody and um mm -hmm. to think of being a freshman about to come in and then all of a sudden all those seniors are getting another year and it's like well yeah. usually those seniors are a lot more groomed than a incoming rookie yeah. right yeah yeah and it, a lot of us a lot of us situational um i mean but uh yeah like this this year i think we have i don't know i think we have four or five fifth years on our team mm -hmm. um you know, which takes away opportunity from, from other kids that, that we brought in, you know, the thing with us, you know, everybody's pretty much played cause we've had, we've had some key injuries. So um, luckily we've had, you know, this year we've had good depth to be able to step in and, and you know, we've played a tough, tough schedule here through our first 11 games with, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Penn state and some of those teams that we played to get through it at the is Notre Dame still in the field house like what we played in no, <laughs> that no, place no, was no. hilarious man you think like you're a kid growing up and you see like Rudy the movie <laughs> and you think about Notre Dame University and then you hear you're going to play Notre Dame University in ice hockey and then you get there 
and there's people doing hurdles and track and field around <laughs> in this big inside dome. And then you just yeah. got the curtains around the actual ice pad. That's yeah. <laughs> wild. No, it's, it's changed a lot there now. They, they, they got one of the beautiful, most beautiful facilities in the country. Um, okay. Here's a cutting board. edge question. You can't say Clarkson. What's your favorite barn in college hockey? Oh, no, if ands or buts. Yost Ice Arena, Michigan. Oh. Oh, yeah, I love it. Really? Yeah, I love playing there. The, just the, the, I, the, I'm the not light. sure if while I was at Western Michigan, if we won a game there. Yeah. And, oh, no, uh, I, my, and one of my worst memories, actually, that just came up was, uh, well, there's a couple bad ones for that arena. Um, Philadelphia was looking at me. Ron Hextall came to watch. I could see that punk up in the crowd and it made my legs go jelloy. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't play hockey good with him watching me. And I wanted it so bad. I was so nervous that I literally shot it down my leg. And um, the other bad memory from that was um, I had just had a long shift, a very long shift. I had been out there for quite some time. And then <laughs> like Fox TV or whatever was doing the game and they interview me in between periods and I was so tired. I couldn't breathe or talk and stretching yachts played that gosh darn video over and over in our apartment for months. I'd say years. They, I tried to speak and I was rolling my eyes in the back of my head and I was so tired. I couldn't talk and they made fun of me forever. <laughs> uh, I've been, on, I've, I've been on both sides of it. I remember us, us going into Michigan one night when I played there at, uh, at Western and we scored, I think we scored six power play goals one night there at That's Michigan. Fun. Yeah. yeah, I just remember that gosh darn song. I think the one game they beat us like seven one, and it just <laughs> felt like that song was playing over and over. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, it's it's much easier, it's much easier playing at Yost than it is coaching at Yost because I always looked at it as a player like I was in control. You know I mean, like I, I could I could impact. As a coach, it's it's tough because all you can do is prepare. You just do your you just best get job your team to help them. ready as yeah. they can be. Yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, I can't perform for them. Well, I and know. As a player, I, I, and I, now that yeah, I'm a coach, I get that. It's like yeah. you know, when you feel like your team's ready and they should yeah. be, and then you know you you feel confident going into a game, but you don't get to go out and do nothing about it. <laughs> right. And as a player, like you know, as a player, you perform, you give yourself a chance to win. Um. So so. It, I always really, really enjoyed that rank. Just the the history and to think of all the all the the, the stars that came through there, and the, I love the light and just the. It is a it's, sweet it's a, yeah, it's a really cool place. It, and it's not that big. It's just the right size for all the um, action. Yeah, well, I, I remember going there, and they had the stars, right? They had like Tambellini yeah. and Hensick, mm -hmm. and then Jack Johnson on D, and yeah. Nystrom, and all those fellas, and Montoya. Montoya, yeah, it's yeah. fun competing with those guys and trying to beat yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I would agree with that. Um, you know what, though, Brooksy, I got to tell this story from the weekend. I thought my playing days were over. My championship days were over. I won. I played and won one more championship this weekend. I set up a three-on-three -three tournament with my under-13 boys, and we needed an, a third goalie. I strapped on the pads. First game, three-on-three -three for 11-minute game. I got a shutout. Got the puck from the coach, taped up. It's up there in the shed. First shutout. Um, so then next game only gave up one. It was a softy from the blue line. Brutal. Be better, Walton. 
but I, 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 then I marched my team right to the finals. I got less than a goal against average going in the finals. And, um, I gave up three early on in the final game and it was tough. Um, you know, it can really mess with your mind as a goalie when you give up three early on, but I tell you, my team dug down deep four minutes left. We're down three. My fellas storm back, tie it up with a minute left and then win it with eight seconds left. It was wow. so hockey watching this all happen with my own team internally yeah. was the yeah. team that lost, who was up three, nothing. My horse on D was on that team and he smashed his $400 stick after they lost <laughs> over a three on three game for fun. And I thought, wow, you're a competitive little bugger. <laughs> you know, Mara? This is concurred. And we went oh, to Paisley, good. Ontario. And it was funny because <laughs> the same, that's the same arena. I had my biggest minor hockey coaching victory. We won a one game showdown against the Aaron Eldersley ice dogs. And that's how we made all Ontario. <laughs> same arena, same locker room more fun memories you know awesome. and i won one more championship this time first time yeah. as a goalie though yeah yeah memories great <laughs> just thought i'd throw in that story because it was funny. funny uh but other guys that you brought from small town ontario is obviously daryl moore who i played roller hockey with played on the shirkings mm -hmm. with for the playoff run and you also recruited my next door neighbor at elmira bubbles kevin labatt he reached out to me a couple of years ago. He uh, he actually found uh, his mom was going through some stuff at the at his at their house, and he found a, a letter that I had sent him uh, in, in the mail, introducing myself at uh, at uh, Western Michigan. That's he cool. Sent me a, he sent me a picture of it. Um, that's one of the things I wanted to say though is like. You've been in NCAA for 22 years, and I still remember the call of getting the scholarship to Western Michigan, and I knew how much you believed in me and it, how much you wanted me, and that was the driving force of, like, and then you see the school, the atmosphere, the fans, and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so home. But when you get that call, you're getting what you've worked so hard for. Like yeah. when you leave the OHL to go home and say, I'm doing this, I'm going to get a scholarship. And then the day you get it and you're going to the school, that's the right fit for you. And it is an unbelievable feeling for a young man. And you've got to do that for a lot of people. eh? Yeah. I feel very fortunate to be able to do what I do. You know what I mean? The, to be able to um, be in the business for so long and, it, it it's exactly how you describe it too. Like it's a, it's a unique opportunity to be able to, to, to really you know, not only make a difference in, in, you know, in, in kids' lives, but you you actually change lives and, and families and just to be uh, able the, to. The different you paths know, you dreams. do in hockey changes everything, right? It's like, yeah. if I don't go to Western Michigan, the son and daughter yeah. I have aren't here. <laughs> I'm yeah. not married to the same person, right? It changes lives yeah. where you go. It's, it's, it's really neat. Like it's, uh, and I think that one of the biggest things that I've learned through the, through the whole process of, of, of recruiting is, um, you know, like recruiting sales, but at the end of the day, I think it's really, really important as a recruiter to recruit with integrity and, and sincerity because you, you tend to attract the right kids. Yep. Um, you know, and I think when you, when you recruit, without that authenticity and without that sincerity you, you can you can make mistakes and um i totally 
what what yeah. I would say about that though is I agree, and it's kind of like my recruiting of who I call a shed guy. And it's like when I first started this, I'd kind of have on you know whoever was willing and ready. Yeah. And now I can be as selective as I want, and yeah. I want shed guys that are yeah. <laughs> in hockey for the right reasons. They do it for yeah. the right reasons. They're not about themselves. They're about the team, and um, I think it's great. And then we had talked about you coming on again someday, but then when I see the picture of you with an under 13 Stratford team, it just warms my heart. And I'm like, now's the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. We, you know, we, we do that a lot. Like we, uh, we have a lot of teams, uh, teams come in on visits, you know, uh, give them a tour of our facility, show campus tour. Um, you know, we, we have people within our department who have kids that are coming up and their, their teams are looking for games. So it works out, works out great. And, you know, like I, I, I go into different areas. I, I go in and talk to, I mean, when I'm at a showcase, if, if, you know, if they're doing an event and they want to do an introduction, you know, to college hockey, a lot of times college hockey ain't go put on different things. If I'm in Alberta or if I'm in British Columbia or uh, Ottawa, I'll, I'll go in and speak, uh, speak about things just to expose kids to, yeah, I mean, like you said, without uh, without my experience and my decision to go to Western Michigan back in the '90s, I've never been back to Canada. Like I, I've been in the states for for longer than I, um, you know, for the last three years. So, you know, I mean, so I look at I look at it very similar to the way you look at it. Everything happens for a reason, and um, you well, know, it's very true. Though is like the get if you don't go to Western Michigan, yeah. Then yeah. I don't go to Western Michigan, and yeah. then Soupy, Jeremy, Coos, all the fellas that got to go there, and they're, they're all brothers for life. Is if you don't start the domino effect, then none of it happens. That's it's really neat. That's why I keep doing what I do. You know, what I mean, like I keep. I left pro hockey to get back into college because I missed that. You know what I mean, in pro hockey, it's it was so different. And, and don't get me wrong, I had an unbelievable experience in pro hockey. It was phenomenal. Like that, my my growth and the people I met and the experiences that I had are phenomenal. But college hockey is just different. Well, you know I mean? it is. It's your family, and what I find interesting was you talk about your pro career. You played in North America. When mm -hmm. I went to Germany, it was much more like college hockey. When I went to Landshut, yeah. Germany, they were a team, yeah. man. Like yeah. a lot of the Germans were from Landshut, born and raised. Yeah absolute beauties and they welcomed the imports and yeah. everybody was a team for the year there wasn't up and yeah. down there wasn't in and out it was this is our team this is who we've yeah. signed and now we have to yeah. go try and win I'm blessed to be able to do what i do and um you know it's been great to be be, be able to keep in touch with so many people too it's, it's so hard because you meet so many people and i can't and, imagine um, your rolodex because yeah mine's just from what two years of doing this two and a half years yeah. or so and you've been doing it for 22 years and man yeah you would have met a lot of folks along the way and i was thinking about that you've had to stay on top of the upcoming puppies the new recruits who's coming up and in which towns and what leagues and then you got to get to know parents kids and it's like then you could swing and miss sometimes you hit it and you get the kid but like the amount of people that it must be a lot to keep track of yeah we uh it, it is it is a lot and the, the 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 thing people miss mistake is is that you know at the same time we, we have you know 27 guys in our locker room that are our first priority 
You know what I mean, like we, we have those guys that we need to prep every day and, and make sure that they're doing well academically and make sure they're ready to play. And you know what I mean, it's, it's nice that we have a big staff to be able to help through that process because the, 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 the college coaching is, it has evolved a lot, like you said. And um, when every win and loss is such a big deal, right? It's like, you can't be gone recruiting all the time when you got to be prepared for the next game. Yeah. Yeah, the nice thing is technology-wise, you can do so much from the road too. So like, yeah, like we, we got a week off. I'm getting ready to go spend uh, spend some time with my daughter out in Arizona, and I I have games that I'm prepping for next weekend. I can watch recruits play. I can you yeah, can still do be everything working anywhere, right? And that's the world yeah. nowadays. I can be working anywhere too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and I can um, you know yeah, oh, I can man. work anywhere. You know what? You brought back a memory though. We talk about you being gone recruiting. It was my. I, it was my third year, I think, I think, no, second year, second year. I was still in the Burnhams. Um, it's the start of the season, like the first practice, right? Where you, th- you realize where the coach plans on slotting you for the season. And, you know, I was an offensive guy. Um, and then the first practice I was on the third line with Davies and Drake as the winger. And like, they were the best shutdown third line you could ask for, but, I mean, the the offensive side maybe wasn't like the highest end, but they were the greatest teammates and great players. And I was happy to be on that line. But I remember you weren't there. And I was I wasn't like in the best of moods when I, I thought I'd be a top line guy. Right. I thought I was going to be one of the guys. And then he I was put there and I remember being so rattled. And then I you, when you came back, you're like, I wanted to be here for this because there's a reason why we're doing it. And I wanted to explain it to you and I wasn't here. And it's like, when you explain things to kids or players and the reasoning and the why, then all the second guessing and the doubting yourself and all that gets out of your head because you're like, okay, so they do still believe in me. They just want me to do this. Right. Yeah. 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 I think communication, especially in this day of age with, so many distractions that kids have also like it's uh it's different from you know from cell phones to social media to like it's so much uh, so so many so much noise for kids so it's it's even evolved even more for us where you know it's important to it's important to communicate not only you know not only to to build those relationships but you're also always recruiting your kids because if those kids don't have a positive experience that they're, they're transferring right <laughs> Well, and the, and, the, and the way the hockey world works, though, and like, I don't know if anybody listens to me in my shed, but the way you treat people, the way you communicate is hockey players talk. And it's like, oh, yeah. you're trying to recruit kids. Yeah. Everybody knows people now. And it's like, yeah. who you are and how you deal with people is how easy it'll be to bring players in, right? Well, and it's, like, it's, it's, it's actually more complex than that, because the thing is, is that you you always have to think about what's ahead too. Um, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, if in five or six years, your, your, your son's looking to go to school, I mean, you're going to look at your experience with me as a, as a recruiter, as a coach, like what goes around comes around. Absolutely. So, so I always, I'm always cognizant of that as, especially now as a recruiter, because, yeah, I mean, I I have kids call me. I have kids I offer offer scholarships to that decide to go to other schools, and you have to be real cognizant on how you handle that decision because in another year that kid might be calling you to transfer. 
Right. So you you so so you want to make sure that your your professional um make sure that you're doing things the right way. Um and it's like and think, in Elmira, Ontario, people always say it all works out in the wash or what goes yep. around comes around. And it's, yeah. it is very much true in the hockey world. And when things do play out the way they're supposed to, it can feel great. It's like when things aren't right and things aren't handled yeah. properly. And then the world has a way of the hockey world has a way of sorting things out for people. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Um, anywho, I haven't looked at my notes notes much, but... I guess where and what are you doing now? You're the assistant coach of Clarkson. I always ask that, but Clarkson, is that Potsdam, New York? Potsdam, yep. See, I still remember that in the old yep. pamphlets I was getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you put in 30 million bucks into that arena, so it must be pretty swanky nowadays. Yeah, they did a real good job. Um, yeah, they re redid. We have 5,000 square foot uh, weight room right in our facility. We have a rapid shot shooting room right in our facility um hot and cold tub uh full athletic trainer uh room we have all our own rehab uh player lounge big screen tv gaming area ping pong table coaches area with uh with with uh video cubicles gaming um, area you mean like video games yeah In video the locker games. room. yeah right off of our kitchen um, um okay and when's that allowed to be played uh, whenever they want yeah so like yeah, guys will guys will be there before practice guys will stick around after practice um and that's good though you want people to want to be in the ring you want people to yeah. want to be there and yeah. um you know you know there were times there at western michigan um and like we had a great relationship me and you and kenner um but to be honest there were times where like Hockey was as fun as it could possibly be at the start of my career at, with the Broncos. I loved hockey and the Broncos more than anything in the world. And come that last year when we were bag skating with a puke bucket, and <laughs> uh, if you took a penalty and it was deemed bad penalty, you would skate a lightning and the whole team would skate a lightning. And I mean, there were times where guys were rushing out of the rink and they didn't want to be there. And I find now as a coach and like, trying to learn and you know do it my way is i want people to have fun and want to be there and you know there were days where losing it can be hard on everybody especially when yeah. it's people's jobs and it's like well yeah it was a lot of skating there last year <laughs> and i did not make yeah. the two mile run <laughs> no you didn't no i burnt myself <laughs> out the first lap that's funny <laughs> Yeah, like oh, so some man. of the some of these facilities are unbelievable now. Like uh, before I left Michigan Tech, they put a golf simulator in the locker room. Come we're on, just finishing up. Yeah, we're just and that's up. what hockey teams need though is when the boys want to be in the room and they have that stuff and they're all just hanging out being hockey guys. Like that's that's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's neat. It is neat. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, you know what else is the impact you had on me though was people used to say we played alike, which I only saw you play when you were old and out of shape with the K wings. <laughs> but <laughs> um you were like my power play coach. You were you showed me like when I was trying to run half walls and you're like, well, this is your quiet area. This is where you got to get up to to get away. And this is where you got to go and this is where you can relieve pressure. And you need someone to just give you the little things that maybe you're not thinking of right 
you know, yeah, it's, uh, uh, you're way more talented than me. Now you tried, <laughs> you gave her tits though. I saw you in practice, man. <laughs> <laughs> we do two on ones, man. You were making more plays than anybody else out there, but you're also in a track suit. When you came back and played for the K wings, you weren't in a track suit anymore. Might've <laughs> caught up to you. Well, that was four. That was four years without wearing a hockey equipment, and then I went back that first game. I think I played thirty-five minutes. Oh, I went. We came and watched you. All the Broncos came and watched our coach play professional hockey. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I'll never forget that phone call. <laughs> we, well, like, and I totally get it though, man. You didn't get to scratch your whole itch when it came to your pro hockey career. When you look at your numbers, you just led the league in goals with forty-eight. You had, I have it written down here somewhere, 105 points, and then you hang them up because you want to get into college hockey, but you never did get to scratch that itch a pro because your HL career, you got two points a game. You only played two games and had two goals and two assists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I was very fortunate. Like, again, like the opportunities that I was provided as a player, like uh, I decided to go back to Amarillo that last year. I actually signed a two-year contract. I only played one year on that contract, but I, I had I had American League deals done that that they ended up matching. Like uh, back then, they had what they called a franchise player, where that player never counted under the salary cap. So they matched my American League contract that I had. So I was playing in the I was playing in the Western Professional League, making American Hockey League money. But is that not like I I get it? Because I mean, you could say I did a similar thing in Germany. Um, yeah. the budget went down and the team said, well, we'll still pay you what you were getting, but you're yeah. not going to have the people around you. And, um, at the same time I could have moved up and it's like, well, you can always go down. You can't always yeah. go up. For me, one of the things was, was that they, uh, so they named me a, a player assistant coach there. And that's, that was the first year where I actually started to do some recruiting my last year as, as a player. So I brought in and you knew you, know, you wanted to be a coach. Yeah. I knew I wanted to be a coach and, People don't know this, but Jim Colhane got hired there at Western. Um, he called me while I was still playing. Like I had like 12 games left in my year and he called me and offered me the job at Western. Um, I took a significant pay cut <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, get into, to get, to get into, into college coaching. And, you know, my wife was eight and a half months pregnant with our first child. You know what I mean? And to take a, you know, I, I went from, you know, making close to a hundred thousand dollars to making 25 grand. And, you know, I was, I'm hoping was probably college hockey's changed that way. Then. Yeah. <laughs> but I was probably at the peak of my career, you know, like well, that, you that were, year you were three years in, I yeah. found everywhere I went, it took me three years to do it right. Where junior B, it was my third year, Western Michigan. It was my third year yeah. pro. It was my third year. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. Like I, I missed games that year too. Like I missed like twelve games that year. That year that I, I think I scored forty eight goals. It would have been a big year, but I, I finished that year knowing that I wasn't going to play anymore. You know what I mean? So I had already accepted the job at Western, and you know to to go to the owner and and talk talk to the community there because the community was really good to our family, and to be able to go to them and and explain to them that I had an opportunity to get into coaching and go back to. Your, your alma mater I, I, you know I mean to, to look back at that decision people ask me all the time do you regret I don't regret it one bit because of the experiences that I've had and the the, the opportunities of the people that I've had to impact and the championships that I've won yeah. once you win a championship everything's validated 
every decision, every decision that you made prior to that championship, everything's validated. I couldn't uh, agree more. And um, yeah, yeah, it's like, I guess when I was leaving Western Michigan and I'd been the guy, um, I felt a lot of pressure from like, just because I knew my Bronco buddies expected me to be the guy that goes to pro and does it. And I felt a lot of pressure that way. And then when you don't make it to the places people may have thought you might, um, and you end up in the second league in Germany, you win that championship and you see what it does to a town, what it does to your teammates and everything. And it's like, well, I maybe didn't do that, but I sure as fuck did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, tr- it's true. It's hundred percent true. Like I played in three straight national championships when I worked at division three school in Stevens point, Wisconsin. And when you, when you lose the first time, like it's devastating. Oh yeah. And I woke up the next day and I was like, you know what? I'm going right back to work. And then I, I lost the second year and it takes you a couple days. And I was like, you know what? Like I've been success. I was successful as a player with, with a certain attitude and a certain pers- persistence. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking that right back to it. And I got up and the third year when, when we won, it was like, we would have never won that third year if we wouldn't have lost the first and second. Mm-hmm. Like I, tr- I truly, truly believe that those experiences, those first and second years and how I drew from those experiences, you know, allowed us that next year and and the one thing I felt bad about is there were a lot of guys through my years at Stevens Point that never got to experience that that had such a huge impact on us being able to accomplish what we accomplished Mm -hmm. like there were guys that did so much more for for us to to give us that opportunity to win a championship that year um, that they never really, you know, they didn't get the ring. They, 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 they yeah. didn't get the, to experience that championship. And they were probably a bigger part of it than some of the guys that did. I, and those are the guys I felt bad for. I, I get what you're saying. Um, <clears throat> so I went to Cardiff and it was the first year with new owners. Um, it was, I knew it was near the end for me. And I had a tough start when I got there. And I remember the day I was sitting on the bench, I wasn't playing much and I wasn't playing well. And I thought, well, sugar and spice, if I'm going out, I'm going out swinging and having fun. And I went out, I did a fake slap shot between the legs, backhand pass on the power play right up top, tape to tape. And nobody said nothing to me. I went to the bench like, what the hell was that? Why'd you do that? And I was like, okay, so I'm going to be myself. I'm going to play hockey and have fun. And then I did, and I started putting between my legs and doing spinaroonies and just having fun. And then (laughs) the season turned around. But the other thing was, was I was like, I had seen dysfunctional rooms in Germany and I saw awesome rooms in Germany. And I was like, well, there's no way this year I'm going to hang out with every single guy in the team. I'm going to be a teammate with every single guy. And then my career's over. My knee's done. I'm back home in Canada. Cardiff wins the league. And I hear an interview with the coach and he thanked Tyson Marsh and myself for the culture in the room. And yeah. I was like, that's hockey. Thanks, man. Yeah. Because I'm not there to win. I didn't win. Yeah. They did. Yeah. But that he actually thought to say that in an interview, it meant the yeah. world to me. Yeah. That's hockey. That's uh, you know, when, when that happens, you know, you're playing for the right people too. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's what goes around comes around, right? It's like in yeah. Cardiff, they would treat 
treat people right. And then it's like, yeah. I come out to my shed and tell everybody how they treated me right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's the way it should be. But, um, anywho, back when you were at Western Michigan in 92, not to 96, I know we gotta be quick. Maybe you got stuff to do, but anywho, you did play with their now head coach, Pash, Pat Fershweiler, eh? When you were the CCHA rookie of the year, he was the second leading scorer on the team. Yeah, Pat was a very good player. Great player. I only played one year with Pat. Um, so he would have been great, a senior uh, when you're a freshman? Yeah, he was a senior when I was a freshman. Um, a lot of us are in the in the college hockey right now. Like, uh, you know, Derek, Pat's at Western. Derek School, he's a head coach at Robert Morris. Brent Breck, he's a head coach at St. Lawrence. Um, That's cool. Brian Renfrew's a, a scout with the uh, with the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Um. Isn't it a cool lot of when the guys that were your peers grow like coming up are all doing wild stuff now? It's the same with me in the shed. It's like I got line mates, teammates, other NHL scouts now, guys <laughs> coaching all over. It's it's pretty neat to see that the guys you came up with are now in charge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Pat Pat was a very good player. Great two way, uh great two way centerman. So um, you leave Stratford Colton's though, and you know, I'm not really that competitive, but um, your last year, Junior B, you scored more points than me. Horse shit. <laughs> well, my centerman, my centerman also scored like 75 goals that year. Also pissed me off because I have the Sugar King record. And it's only 57. And some dude, so if I played for the Coltons, I have no record. So huh, yeah, good good thing I didn't play for them. So your, your centerman did score seven. I got it written down here. 79 goals. 79 goals in 48 games. So this is a true story. You'll love this one. So we're playing the last game of the season, the 48 game season. Uh, and we're playing uh, in the, bu- in the bubble in Waterloo. Oh, sweet bar. Sweet bar. Yeah. Sweet. Bar. And, and like, I, I mean, there's the, the, the neat thing when I played in Stratford, we had like 16 guys on our team get scholarships. We had, CJ Denemy was a first rounder to the OHL and we had Chris Pronger. Yes, you did. Okay. So like every game we went to, there was, there was tons of NHL scouts. Like I I would have never got, got a scholarship if it wasn't for Chris Pronger. Because they, 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 he brought so many people into the building for the rest of us. So thank you. Thanks for my scholarship too, bud. (laughs) Small world. What happened, what happened was, so we went in the final game and, and I was, uh, I, I needed five assists to break Ed Olchuk's single season assist record. B- big difference. I, I was 20. Ed Olchuk did it when he was 16 in Stratford. That's wild. Okay. So we're playing in Waterloo on a Sunday afternoon and the place is packed. Like we, we used to pack that place. It was a huge rivalry in Stratford. And uh, it wouldn't take much to pack the bubble, though. That's no. what a bar. But, That's the one but, where you got to get dressed in the yeah, locker rooms. Yeah. And then only so many guys can get out to the arena at a time because of the air compression air, door. Air compression. Yep. <laughs> so so what happened was I had four assists and uh, Dennis Flanagan Jr. looked down at me. He goes, listen, he goes, this is it. You got one more shift. So I, I, had, I tied the record, but I needed one more assist to break it. And. The, the thing was, J- Jason Mervin was my centerman. He wasn't a very good skater. He, he actually, he was a little knock-kneed. He, he um, was the stand in front of the net guy. 
uh, he just found pockets and scored like he he could rip it. Yeah. Um. So what happened was I I, I intercepted a pass with, with like three minutes left and I went in on a breakaway. And tried to pass. And, stopped up. Well, I, I, <laughs> a goal didn't do anything for me. No. I, I needed an I needed an assist. So I pick off this pass and I go in on a breakaway. And I delay in the corner. <laughs> so like I do a deep delay and I look back and here comes Merv. He's trucking through neutral ice. And I just waited and waited, waited. D, D came to me. I, I took, took on the pressure and I hit him right in the slot and he scored to break the record at, uh, at the bubble in Waterloo. That uh, brings back a memory for me was it was, well, I guess you had already recruited me, but it's my last year junior B and, I'm committed to Western and it, I was stuck. I tied the record in Waterloo for 56 goals in the season. And then I played like a game or two and didn't get any. And it, then it came down to the last game of the year against a brutal team. And I knew how bad my teammates wanted it for me. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they wanted it more for me than I did. And then yeah. we go through two periods and I got four assists and I'm like, well, I'm like, what I actually want to do is beat Rob Collins's most or points in the season because he was my mm-hmm. my hero. He got 112. I got 113. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> um, but then it came down to the third period, and I still needed the goal to break it. And well, it was one of my puppies, Adam Love, um, who came down, dropped it to me, went top titties, and then I had done it. And I was like, "Wow, like the last game of the year to get it that yeah. way is pretty neat." <laughs> yeah. yeah, really cool. Yeah, and nobody's beat it yet. Folks still got the record. You still have it too, then? I'm not sure. I, gotta. Yeah. They can't score like they used to, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah, you gotta. Good for you. Other guys, though, you must have had some squads, though. You had Chris Pronger, Craig DeVries, and Rem Murray all on one team. And it said, like, that team had, like, 2,600 NHL games played. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of Mike strategy, Watt, Mike- folks. Mike Watt, Mike Watt played on that team with us too. Yeah, wow. some really good players. It's neat seeing where everybody goes, eh? As you play with them and the hockey careers, and like it's how you do this, right? It's like every journey is completely different. You could have gone yeah. to Europe, Brooksy, after your third year and ran an absolute muck, and then all of a sudden you're living in Europe the rest of your life, coaching in Europe. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's funny. Like we 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 moved seventeen times in tw- in twenty uh, twenty six years of of coaching. So we've we've moved to we've moved seventeen times between you know between local moves and my, my pro pro playing career. You know what I mean? So and I think the NCAA has like the most sturdy jobs there are in coaching world. Yeah. Um, you haven't changed teams very often, man. Every place you've gone is five to seven years or whatever, yeah. and it's like that's not normal in hockey. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I put myself into some good spots and worked with a lot of really good people. Um, worked for a lot of great ADs and coaches that have uh, great, great relationships and learned so much from, from the people I work with. And I mean, when I stop, when I stop growing and stop enjoying it, I'll move on and do something else. I mean, but, uh, right now, honestly, I, I'm, I would say I'm jealous. I, uh, when my career came to an end of hot playing, um, didn't have many contacts anymore in NCAA, um, didn't have contacts in Ontario for OHL or nobody even knew 
what I had been doing playing hockey. And then I moved to a new town and uh, joined the real world and start something totally different because I wanted to put down roots for my kids where they know where's home. This is home. And we had lived a totally different life than that up until then. And I wanted to be like me as a kid where the kids have a home, but like, I missed being in the game. I missed hockey so much and being a part of it that I guess now I come out here and talk hockey for free. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm back, yeah. baby. You know, it's, it's brought so much joy and like, it's so much flipping fun for me to come out here and do this and then catch up with someone that like, if I wasn't doing this, would we be catching up like this? Well, I tried to catch up when I came to town a few weeks ago, but you were busy. Uh, I, I, I got my own team now, man. The Concordia Canucks. <laughs> we're running amok. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I travel all over the place. So I try and see as many people as I can when I'm traveling as best as I can. You know. Uh, I, and when you reached out and said you were coming to Elmira to recruit players or watch players, that just gave me a shot of life to my heart because – I want people that are playing in Elmira to be able to go places. I want people to be coming to small town Ontario to watch kids play hockey because I see it around here right now is like my son's age group in these small towns around here. There's a few gems that come a few years. I already know where they're going to be. I can already see it. I can see how they walk. I can see how they skate. Yeah. I can see their compete level. I can see them see the ice. And I'm like, I already know who's going to be players and I'll help you guys. Just let me, <laughs> you know? Yep, I'll get you on staff. <laughs> but seriously, it's interesting um, when you get to know people around the game. It opens a lot of doors. Sure does. Mm -hmm. I got a message from Germany yesterday. I guess the team needed to coach, but once I'm on a team for the year, I'm on a team for a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there a tap room when you went to Western Michigan? Uh, tap room. The tap no. room. The bar. No. What mm. a spot that was, man. When I first got to Western Michigan, that was as college hockey as it gets. That was right, by, right beside those apartments where you guys lived there, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we were still living in the Burnhams, it was still open yeah. and it changed names. But I tell you, what it was college hockey. It's fine. It's let the boys skip the line, uh, put your card down, pay five bucks for the night at the end of the night. It was it was college hockey. Well, now I understand why you lost. Hmm. <laughs> That was only after games. That was only after the weekend was over. You know, we weren't weeknight partiers. We were only Saturday night. Go full steam. Let your hair down. You know, uh. <laughs> uh, the off season though, the spring semester, you know, sometimes we'd get sidetracked yeah. of what was best, but we had a lot of fun. I had a great experience, man. <laughs> yeah well, I, I did i loved western michigan and I, it was a great time thank you you know my pleasure um so i guess we kind of covered this though one of my questions was aspirations you want to be a head coach at ncaa don't you yeah at some point i like to i just want to win i want to continue to do what i'm doing continue to grow i just trust the process takes care of itself you know what i mean like uh i just want to continue to take it day by day and yep you know Squeeze the, the most out of today and help yeah. the people I can. I get I mean, it. and trust that uh, tr trust that hopefully uh, hopefully job comes open, somebody sees my body of work and you know provides me that opportunity. That's my goal is to you know be a head coach again someday. Um, well, and I but, think I think you should be, and it's like that's 
<clears throat> what I love about doing this though is when I say there's shed guys from my career that were the good people that did things right and treated people right is those are the people I want to promote. Those are the people I want to get their yeah. names out there that whoever's listening, this is a yeah. shed guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my goal. I'd love to be a head coach again. You know, I just want to uh, love to run my own program. I had great experiences doing that in pro hockey and, and at the division three level. Um, but at the same time, like I'm in a great spot, uh, you know, impacting people around me, I feel, and, and, you know, we're growing as a, staff and as a team and and everybody um, you coach with you learn different things from right if you're with the same people all the time you never yeah. learn anything different right because you need to get out like it's like my career going to different countries and different leagues and playing for different captains yeah. and coaches is you you can take different things from each person right yeah 100 100 like there's uh yeah, there's, there's, there's things that I take from as a coach from coaches that I've had in the past, you know, coaches that coached me pro, there's positives that they did and there's negatives that they did. A lot of times I learned more from the negatives than I do from the positives. Um, yeah, well, you got to lose to win. You know, I'm, people ask me all the time, you know, was it hard going from being a head coach to being an assistant coach? There's an adjustment, adjustment to it. Um but at the same time, co coaching is coaching. You know what I mean, um, yeah. Just find your role on staff, and I think one of the biggest things is just recognizing strengths and weaknesses, and putting people in situations where where they're coaching to their strengths. And you still you still responses. running the power play? I'm not. I'm actually running the penalty kill this year. Really? Um, yeah. Switch I that, find uh, that knowing how to run a power play, you also know how to beat a penalty kill and you need, you know what works for penalty killers. Cause it's the stuff that pissed you off as a power play guy. Right. Well, it's funny because I, I run the, I ran the D as a, as an assistant for the last 10 years. And my players always say to me, like, Hey, we're just looking at your stats. Like what, what's going on here? Why are you running the D? Well, I actually teach defense from an offensive perspective. Yeah. So, like, as an offensive player, you know what what did, what, what did I dislike? Well, you, you dislike defensemen that have great gaps. You dislike defensemen that play inside your offensive triangle. You take stick on puck, take time and space, stick on puck, box out. It's like being a bit a, nasty too, right? Yeah. As soon as the refs look away and you get that whack. You remember who gave you that whack, and the next time yeah. the ref turns away, you're like, "Oh, it's gonna happen again." <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's kind of unique that you know I just flip flip a lot of those flip a lot of those tendencies right over to the defensive side, and you know we we, we talk all the time as as defensemen about, you know, I mean, just key, keys to the game, um, and a lot of it is just those those little habits that that we concentrate on to try and take away its space as much as, and as quick as possible with different nuances within the game that, you know, I, I didn't know as a player, cause I didn't play much defense. I hear you. you know I mean, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but the I, way I always I, I say that, is you only got to block shots if the pucks in your own edge. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, but I try and teach, I try and teach a lot of the, the defensive side of the game based on offensive tendencies and offensive habits that I had as a player. And it's true though. And that is yeah. how you learn. And I, yeah. the way I taught my under 13 boys D zone was uh, Derek Clancy. The way he taught me in yeah. Daytona beach, Ohio in the coast was he 
painted the ice into quadrants and he's like quadrants, this yeah. is your area and it's like yeah. if the puck's over here where would you be and like instead of man on man it's like so you're telling me i just got to cover this area and and then you yeah. do that with under 13s and you see them start to get it and it's yeah. heartwarming stuff yeah well then once once you have those quadrants as an offensive player it's easy because then you can anticipate and and jump and get that open space well and then you got to get yeah you got to get over just to the other side of that quadrant that soft yeah. area <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah not gonna we, tell I, we actually teach we actually teach our penalty kill the same way. Mm-hmm. So we, our penalty kill is the same way. Where, <laughs> yeah, with the quadrants, you bring that weak side guy right to the right to the right. middle part. And, yeah, right to the the crosshairs, yeah. I believe it's called. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sounds like we're doing the same thing. Then isn't that weird? <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I get the coaching thing, man. I get why you've done it so long and the passion you had for it, and. I think it'd be so neat for you to see where all these guys have gone. And it's like, for me, it's the teammates. It's like Jeff Campbell has his Jersey retired in Switzerland. And it's like, you see where all these guys went and did cool things. And then you see like the younger guys, like when I was playing in Germany, there's like six or seven young guys that are going to get their jerseys retired now. And, you know, whether I had a little impact or a big impact on them, you're still part of their journey and now you see what they've accomplished. It's like, well, that's cool. And that's what winning does though. Right. It's like, we've talked about it. Like we had some good teams at Western Michigan. We had some holes in our lineup. And I also think that it takes everybody to win. And we didn't have everybody on board. We didn't have everybody giving it everything they had on and off the ice. And you don't win that way. Um, But like we did have good players and you recruited great, people and players um but like winning gets people places right it's like not a lot of us were going straight to nhl camps or anything right and it's because right. our college team wasn't winning enough right yeah 100 percent. i i believe it's no different i do the same thing as a recruiter i, I want to get player good players off of good teams i mean like we, we, that's one of the things that we look at when we recruit we, there's we just a reason gotta why teams win and there's a reason why teams lose right you want winners yep. Hundred percent. A lot of like a lot of kids that we have on our team right now, we're we're captains in junior hockey. It's one of the things we look at right away. Absolutely. You know, we we just landed a kid last week that uh, that won a championship in Brooks in the Alberta Junior League. He's a captain. He's a glue guy. Like he's a culture kid. Those are the kids that we're looking for. Yeah, people that win championships and are leaders. It's like, well, that transfers to any league, right? Yeah. And then those are the type of guys that'll take on any role and be the team guy you need. Yep. 100%. Well, sounds like we still think similarly, eh? We do. <laughs> um, well, do you got any questions for me before we shut her down and get back to the real world? Oh, it was uh, great chatting again, Wally. And uh, I always tell players that, uh, you know, as much as I influence and impact them, that, that everybody's got the same influence on me. So it's a two-way street and appreciate, uh, appreciate you believing in me when I recruited you and, Appreciate our friendship. Yeah, no, I still do. And I thank you for everything you did for me. Um, When you're going to a school and you know, the coach believes in you and uh, the relationship we had, like, I mean, you want to compete harder. You want to do more things when people believe in you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's neat. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do it again. We sure will. Um, And, uh, Kalamazoo get ready because if I'm the coach of an under 13 boys team next year 
we're coming in hot loss and lunatics get ready <laughs> <laughs> love it all right I'll, bad I'll, I'll check i'll check on you next time i'm in the area absolutely and that's hockey folks and this has been another episode of two l's and hockey tales with brooksy and wally Some people clap on the one and three. Some people clap on the two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Goldbanks. I'm like Pete Southbound Zanzan. I'm always speaking my mind.